June 18, 2018 is when I lost my son, Zaire. It was one of the most surreal days of my life. I was 20 weeks pregnant. I was admitted into the hospital on the 16th. I was just laying in bed, just eating a cupcake. And I've never been pregnant before. This is my first pregnancy. And it was unexpected. So I'm just going to tell you the story of how I was in labor and I didn't know. So I started getting these very bad gas pains. It felt like I needed to use the number two. But unfortunately, I was dilating. I wasn't going into labor. I didn't have any issues up until that point. I remember going to the bathroom, trying to push. I thought I just had to use the bathroom. So then I called my best friend, and she said, that's not normal. She said, go to the emergency room. So I went into the emergency room. They admitted me quickly, and they did an ultrasound, and they said that my um, sack was, my cervix was opening. But prior to this, my specialist had already told me that I had incompetent cervix. So if this um, progesterone didn't help me, then I was going to have to get a saclage where they stitched my cervix close so I can carry my baby to term. Well, that didn't get, I didn't make it that far. So... As I'm laying in the hospital bed, I'm in the phone with my mom. I thought that everything was good. I thought that I was going to be just fine. My specialist was going to come in. My surgeon was going to come in the next morning and put me under and save my baby. Well, unfortunately, that didn't happen. I remember just laying in the bed at the ER that night, just waiting. I was on an incline. I had my legs up in the air. So I couldn't sleep really well. But I was okay, because I still had faith. So, I talked to my mom. She's, you know, trying to rush from my hometown to come up there. She was three and a half hours away. And I'm just still, you know, I just had some faith. I thought everything would be good. Until the next morning, I woke up and my surgeon was at the side of my bed. And um, the look in his eye, there's this look that doctors give you when there's no hope. When they're very doubtful that this outcome was going to be a good one. When I tell y'all, I broke down in tears, y'all. I cried and cried and cried. He explained that it would be hard during the procedure to push my sack back up and to stitch my cervix at the same time without rupturing my sack. So I cried and cried and cried and then just waiting to go into the OR. I just remember just feeling like water was just trickling out of me. My baby's heartbeat was steady. He was a strong little guy. His heartbeat just it was the most beautiful thing to my ears. So I'm getting anxious with the nurses and I'm like, come on guys, like let's do this. Let's say try to save my baby. And I finally get an OR. 
they try to numb me. The anesthesiologist kept poking my back. It was just painful. So I just went under. The next thing I know, I wake up and my surgeon has, he's teary-eyed. And I knew at that moment that surgery didn't go successful. So he explains to me that my sack ruptured while I was under and that due to my son only being 20 weeks, he was not, his lungs were not developed and there was nothing they can do. I cried and cried and cried. I've never been so heartbroken in my life. I think about that day very frequently. And that wasn't the hardest part. The hardest part was they wasn't going to start the the labor process, really, or making me have them until his heart stopped. His heart kept steady for all through the night. They was coming in there, checking him. The next morning, I said, you know what, the hell with this. You know, let's just get this going. So they started me on the, the Pitocin. My mom was by my side. I started to push. He was breached. So finally, I'm like, okay, y'all, I really need to go use the restaurant. It feels like you need to take a number two. They're like, no, it's labor. So my nurse sheet wheels me over with my IV and my arm. I sit and sitting on the toilet, just making sure that I didn't deliver my son in the toilet. As soon as I was done, I stood up and he just kind of dropped out of me, but his head was still lodged in my vaginal canal. So I didn't get any more contractions. They couldn't pull his body out because he was so small. They would have broke his neck. So I laid in the bed for another 30 minutes until I got another big contraction. I pushed and he came out and he wasn't breathing. But he was so beautiful. (laughs) He smelled so clean. I mean, he just smelled so pure. You know, just, I don't know how to describe it. Just so brand new. And, um, so by that time, my uncle had got into town and he stayed in the hallway and cried because I was, I was in there devastated. So all that night, the nurses, they just, they let him stay by my bedside. And I just looked at my baby and I held my son in my arms because I knew that would be the last time I would ever hold him again on this earth and I just cradled him all night and cried just cried I felt like I was dying too I wanted to die too I literally wanted to die so as my son lay lifeless next to me I wanted to die with him be with my son I had all these plans for us. I was already thinking about crock-pot meals that I would make on busy nights when I would pick them up from daycare, you know? Everything, my life just shattered. I lost myself. And to be honest with you guys, I could have jumped out the hospital window if I could have. So, I remember... The day of my discharge, my best friends by my side, all my loved ones, 
and we're all just saying bye to him. And I remember just before leaving, I had to take a shower. And even though my son was dead, I took the quickest shower of my life because, like I said, I knew that was going to be the last time I held my sweet baby boy. I took my shower, I gave him a kiss, and they took him to be cremated. Now, I haven't experienced a lot of death in my life. But that day, I just remember walking out of the hospital. So dead and numb. It was a, the sun was shining. My life felt like a thunderstorm. A tsunami felt like it was just rushing through my body. I felt like I was losing control. My mom and my stepdad had went to my apartment before I got there and cleared out all of my baby stuff for him that we had bought him. Came back to an empty home. It's taken me so long to tell this story, record it. And I still think about that day to this day, just every bit of moment of it. I couldn't wait to get his ashes so I could stuff him in a bear to sleep with him every night. At that time, I still had my sweet dog, Eva. She'll be on another episode. So this is where this journey started. It's ironic because, um, it's not ironic because the day I called out for work, I was still working full time. Two wonderful, dedicated deputy officers were shot down and killed at my job. On by the deck, on the dock where we all used to just sit for break. So all that was going on in my life too. So in a matter of 48 hours, three lives are gone, two died viciously, and one just because my body failed me. I tried therapy. I tried to drink away the pain. Nothing works. It comes within. I'm not going to lie and tell you time heals wounds. Time, it kind of does, but it doesn't take away that pain, that grief. I just wanted to give y'all the backdrop of the the first day of how this life started changing. So I wasn't going to leave Kansas City until I had my son's ashes. And I remember it was on a Friday, they were ready. I remember she finally called me. I was so exhausted. It was a week. My adrenaline had, like, finally shut down. Like, I had no energy. I just slept the whole day. And I remember when she called me, I jumped up, loaded me and my dog in the car. And I went and picked up his ashes. And then I was thinking to myself, Do I have the strength to drive three and a half hours? I'm about to hit this south, going south traffic. Like, it's going to suck. But I felt good because I knew 
that I was going to be with my mom. And I had my baby by my side. In the spirit. So I drove three and a half hours on the road. And when I say that, it felt like I wasn't even driving. It felt like I was gliding. It was an out-of-body experience. I could see myself sitting on the passenger side, and I could see this shell of a person driving my car, crying. I went from a cute little loft. I was 29 at the time. I went from a cute little loft to back in my mom's house. I felt very defeated. My mom still had his. I was going to move back home anyways, but I ended up moving back home a month earlier because she was going to help me with my baby. The father, no need to talk about him. I forgive him. But he was nowhere around, never went to any appointments, didn't care. And we were together for five years on and off. But, you know, whatever. Not gonna put any energy into that. But, yeah. My mom, for a long time, we kept his playpen up until I couldn't take it anymore. Well, guys, that was kind of draining. Um, I'm gonna try to keep my videos under, t- um, my recordings under 10 minutes. But um, that's where it starts. And any mother out there that has lost a child into the miscarriage, being stillborn, dying from natural causes, unnatural causes, my heart goes out to you because there's no feeling in the world that is more devastating than losing a child. You lose yourself. And then it takes a very long time to find yourself again. Alright guys, I'm going to wrap this on up. Thank you for listening. I have more to come. And it won't always be sad and dreary like this. But y'all keep your head up.